Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about energy and sustainability from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alpha Energy Group podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha, and I'm joined for my fortnightly catch-up on the European commodity markets by my colleague, Dr. Petra Puskarova, who will tell us all about what's been going on. Now, Petra, we've been seeing, hearing news that's been dominated very much by gas, but things have been happening in oil and coal, haven't they? What are the latest drivers there? In terms of the oil market, we're looking at lots of resistance at the moment, around $85 per barrel. There is currently an OPEC and OPEC Plus meeting scheduled for this week, first day, when a potential further increase in the output will be discussed. It's quite unlikely it's going to happen. OPEC and OPEC Plus are currently not really keen to increase by more than 400 barrels per day, which were the pre-agreed monthly increase level until the end of the year. This has been discussed, of course, on the global level. We're looking at energy crunches around the majority countries and regions in the world. Even President Biden, despite his green agenda, has actually been calling for the oil output to increase to allow people go to work, as he stated. Uh, but on the other hand, we are seeing that, for example, China, where there has been a lot of uh, supply tightness at the moment, actually taken some steps to ease the pressure on the market a little bit. And they have released some reserves of diesel and crude oil in that particular region to a little bit take off the pressure from the market. In case the demand inc- continues to increase and there will be no further increase from OPEC and OPEC+, Plus, and actually some of the current production will continue ending below the level that is allowed by the compliance, we could potentially see oil hitting $90 per barrel before the end of the year. Indeed, and as you say, the potential for higher prices is still there. And is that equally true in coal or have we seen um, coal prices going in the other direction? Slightly different direction, again, uh, mainly related to China. There has been a lot of tightness recently, but China has taken some steps to tackle increasing prices and they have decided to introduce various price caps, which then cost for coal prices, uh, whether on uh, it was on physical or paper trading, to start coming off uh, heavily. One of the related reasons is also the decrease in the Baltic dry index, which I believe at the moment have hit a three months low. And we have also had some positive news in terms of supply, especially from uh, South Africa. The decrease that you were mentioning, it's quite extraordinary. Front month prices have dipped from the peak in the Atlantic contract that reached around $260 a few weeks ago to around $150 per ton today. And we actually see after several weeks at the frontier contract trading below $100 per ton again. Well, that's interesting. And turning now to our favorite commodity in terms of volume of news at any rate, gas, uh, and in particular, the impact of the whole question about Russian flows of gas into Europe. There have been some fairly positive news, hadn't there, about Russian gas going into European storage at last and possible progress on Nord Stream 2, but equally some news in the other direction. So so what has been going on? 
extraordinary volatility and lots of news as you just said. Significant decrease in the market uh, started around first day last week following President Putin's statement around potential for extra flows into Europe as the Russian underground storage for their domestic needs for this winter was announced being nearly full and there still is a potential for these extra flows starting from 8th of November, so in a few days time. This had a significant impact on the market and we saw especially Q122 prices and front month's prices, but also the calendar contracts getting under a lot of pressure. And this persisted well into Friday. There has then on Saturday been a quite a surprising situation when Russians flows via Poland uh, dipped to zero and they currently still stay at around zero levels. We are actually looking at reverse flows at the moment, which means that there is no gas coming from Russia via Poland into Germany, but Germany is actually exporting the gas back to Poland. This is pointing that potentially there is still not yet that much demand for gas at this point in a year, despite German gas storage still being one of the lowest in Europe. Of course, if flows dip to zero, this has extraordinary impact on the market. On Monday, markets exploded again and again front near-term contracts increased significantly. But surprisingly, as we got into the afternoon, most of this increase had been unwind and the Monday trading actually closed flat to even lower if compared to Friday close. Right. And as you say, extraordinary volatility is continuing. On the one hand, it's kind of positive news for consumers in that, you know, gas demand hasn't been as high as it might have been for this time of year. And that's possibly taken some of the pressure off the market. And if not uh, allowed more gas to go in storage, and at least it's not being drawn down at the same rate as it might have been at this time of year. Uh, but on the other hand, some, some very real issues remain, don't they, about adequacy of gas supplies this winter. And, uh, you know, of course, it's not just Russian gas. There are other supplies coming in through the south, imports to Spain and so on. So, so what's the situation looking like there? So we're having sort of maybe even more extraordinary again situation in Spain. It hasn't been discussed as much as Nord Stream 2 issues and Russian flows that have been the headline. But uh, and we've touched on the last podcast and the situation actually materialized. So the flows from Algeria via Morocco into Spain are now zero. So the 25 years transit agreement that has been in place until end of October this year has not been renewed. This is potentially causing some uh, issues for Spain for this winter, but there are several significant steps uh, being taken at the moment. So the exports from Algeria directly into Almeria in Spain are increasing by 2 BCM to meet the demand. And Spain is increasing uh, the capacity via variety of auctions in most of their regasification stations. So at the moment, it doesn't seem to be an immediate threat. But of course, we know that any interruptions on a pipeline, if we were to have colder than expected winter, could have a significantly bullish impact on pricing. I'm sure you're right about that. 
and you know, with that in mind, uh, you know, this is somewhat speculative and looking for the future. But some people have said that the the European gas market has become too dependent on short term um, uh, spot trading or at least uh, short term contracting, and and that you know, in a balanced and healthy market, there should be a, an element of longer term contracting, uh, perhaps a little bit more than we have at present. Uh, are you sort of sympathetic to that view? Do you think Europe's gone too far away from longer term contracting, especially for the pipeline gas? I do believe so because there has been more longer term contracts between either gas exporting or LNG exporting countries in the past. We saw the huge difference between European countries and other European countries and France, especially this summer when most of the Europe was looking at the significantly dry spell in terms of LNG deliveries and France, who actually holds still quite a lot of these longer or older dated long term contracts, has actually not been looking at significant decrease in LNG because that kept coming. When it comes to, again, discussing longer term pipeline contracts, it's now getting onto national level. There has been a article published very recently on the Russian news agency that Czech Prime Minister uh, Andrei Babiš has actually been, I think he's one of the first prime ministers actually calling for longer term contracts. Now, whether it's going to be via Nord Stream 2 or, or whether it would be, again, resuming some flows and increasing the capacity on the traditional pipelines. But we also see it in other countries, um, maybe also, you know, um, more Southeast Europe. There is a gas transit deal due to be renewed in, in Serbia by the end of this year. This is currently being heavily discussed. If we looked at more countries, Moldova has just recently, around two days ago, signed another five years deal for gas deliveries uh, with Russia. And this was all not that a long time after Hungary several weeks ago signed a 15 years long agreement to receive Russian gas. Well, I think there's a clear message there that, you know, if you want security of supply and less volatile pricing, you have to put your money where your mouth is, perhaps, and uh, and accept that an element of long-term contracting is required, as indeed it is in the, the power market for other reasons. And looking at the other side of the market now to supply demand, which is equally important, especially going into the winter period, uh, what are the prospects there for weather in Europe and indeed in Asia? Well, especially Asia is likely to remain strong when it comes to a demand for LNG, especially La Nina seems to be hitting the region and temperatures are expected to remain below seasonal norms if they are already not below seasonal norms at the moment, especially in Hong Kong and Seoul from what we saw very recently. When it comes to Europe, we are currently having a little cold spell. So I believe tomorrow is going to be one of the coldest days and still the demand doesn't seem to be very strong and there is no real physical tightness in the market. The UK gas market keeps opening 20, 30 MCM long on daily basis while temperatures are currently below seasonal norms. But the rest of November seems to be hovering around seasonal norm. We are not looking at anything extraordinary at the moment. Right. And of course, one of the weather related factors that can have an impact on the market is the availability of wind power generation, uh, you know, which in the UK in the last couple of weeks has been quite good. But I gather there's been a, you know, a bit of a drop off in wind in other parts of continental Europe. What's the situation looking like at the moment? 
If we were to use Germany as an example, so past few days and uh, last week was quite generous. Uh, potentially it added extra boost to the correction in gas market as wind was very strong. So there was a lot of supply on the grid today and next few days are going to be quite subdued. And we're actually looking at German spot prices hitting again 200 euros per megawatt hour. But it looks like it's all only going to be something quite temporary. Right. And um, which leads us on, you know, when talking about green energy production to the subject that's in, been in all the newspapers and the media and will be for a week or two yet, COP26 climate talks. You know, there were some strong aims, I think, from the UK uh, chairmanship of that and others about coal phase out and so on and deforestation. How are things looking there? Has there been any impact yet on the carbon markets or would we ex necessarily expect to see one? Not really at the moment. We were monitoring this quite closely. Carbon continues to trade in less correlation with gas than previously, but it's still quite driven by the development in the gas over past few days. The development on wind, I was in, in the wind generation, I think it was a bigger driver over past few days again. I think that Fit for 55 provided enough basis for traders and for market participants to position themselves or to forecast what the carbon price will be in the future. And we know that the expectation is that carbon price is going to continue. I don't really think unless there is some big surprise on COP26 that there's going to be a significant impact on the, on the carbon market. Well, I rather suspect you're right, although it'd be nice to think there'll be some kind of global breakthrough. These things are hard and it, it takes time and it'd be su surprising perhaps if there was a single announcement that would radically change the carbon markets. But thank you for explaining all of that, Petra. It sounds like we're going to be perhaps a little bit uncomfortably dependent on weather for the tightness or otherwise of our energy markets this winter, let's see, and indeed on the political weather to an extent from the climate talk. So uh, if you'd like to find out more, do look out for our reports on our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK, and join us again for a podcast soon. <laughs>